0: everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Everyday Style School podcast. Today we've got a visiting professor who is going to drop some crazy important knowledge on us and she might make us all a little bit uncomfortable because today we are talking about money. And that can be a sticky subject. Now, I have wanted to have this conversation for a while because I get questions a lot like, how much should I be spending on clothes? Or how much do I need to budget for a shopping trip for a season? Or how much does it cost to build a capsule wardrobe? My answer is always the same. You should spend what you are comfortable spending and never go in debt for clothes. Your budget should dictate your wardrobe, not the other way around. Now, with that said, over the years, I've seen a lot of money mistakes as they relate to wardrobes. And I've made some money mistakes in my own life, wardrobe related and not. So I wanted to bring in an expert who could talk to us about our relationships with money, help us set us up for success, and get us out of the spending cycle where we can only afford cheap things and can never have the investment pieces and high quality wardrobe we want. So today, we are lucky to have a visiting professor who is going to help us achieve financial freedom and get our money mindset in order. Desheena Woodard is an everyday mom who never learned about money growing up. Girl, same. So she did what everyone else did. She eventually found herself in debt and living paycheck to paycheck. Then after having a light bulb moment, she was able to pay off $52 thousand dollars of debt in a little over two and a half years, and now she is 100% debt-free. She's a certified life coach specializing in debt freedom to help other women take charge of their financial future as well. Hey, Deshina, thank you so much for visiting the Style School today. We are so happy to have you here.
1: Hi, Jennifer. It's wonderful to be here.
0: I can't wait to dig into your story and especially how you got into debt and how you got out. But since this is a style podcast, first, we ask every guest to answer three questions to help get to know you a little bit better. Are you ready? Sure. I'm ready. All right. In three words, describe your style.
1: I would say my style, it varies, but um, I mostly go for things that are fun, fashionable, and they definitely have to be flattering.
0: I love that. I love that. I love anybody who starts out with fun because I think clothes and style should be fun. Like if you're not having fun, you are doing it wrong. Right. Okay. Question number two, if I gave you $500 to spend on clothes on yourself in one store, what store would you choose and what would you like to add to your wardrobe?
1: Well, if it's a brick and mortar store, then I would say most likely Macy's. Okay. Because I go there quite often uh, when they have good things on sale, and I would probably like to add more shoes. I I, I love having like a a dress shoe, a casual shoe, and a sandal in every color.
0: Okay, you're a shoe girl. I'm a shoe girl. (laughs) So I'm really intrigued by the answer if it's a brick and mortar store. If it's not a brick and mortar store, where are you going? If it's not
1: brick and mortar, I do a lot of shopping on the uh, shopping channels. I don't know if anyone uh, is doing that yeah. okay yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. okay but I do because for one thing you can do easy pay or flex pay and- I love that
0: mm-hmm. you know what though I have found myself like why am I still paying for a <laughs> mascara three months later and it'll be like four dollars a month like <laughs> Jennifer you could have afforded the mascara true. that is true <laughs> but I love that easy pay Yes, that that easy
1: face. So I do a lot of uh, QVC and HSN shopping, but uh, online, you know, because I can see people actually wearing the garment. yeah, And I like that. So I, it gives me a better idea of how it would work on me without having to actually go in the store and try things
0: on. That's really interesting. I never really even thought about that. I don't watch them a lot, but I do check their site. So maybe Mm -hmm. I should start, but they do have the little videos. Now for anybody who is like, I cannot believe these women are talking about shopping (laughs) channels on the style podcast. (laughs) Ladies, you are missing out because they actually have really good stuff. Shoes. I do a ton of shoes off of the style channels. And again, that easy pay is kind of nice when you are buying a more expensive pair and you're not having to shell out a lot of money right at first. So- do not discount those channels. And you get it right away. I mean, within a couple of days,
1: you've got it and you get to to wear it. It's kind of like having layaway, but actually having the
0: item with
1: you while you're paying yes. that three months. Do you remember uh, layaway? I
0: remember putting this winter coat on layaway yes. at TJ Maxx. I was in high school. <laughs> and By the time I paid it off, I was like, it's not winter anymore. What am I doing? <laughs>
1: Well, you well, you've got it. You didn't overspend, and now you'll have it
0: next winter. That is a good. Well, no, because I was like sixteen at the time, so I don't. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't probably fit anymore. Okay, so last question is: What item of clothing that you currently wear is your favorite, and why? Um,
1: I currently well, I go back and forth, Jennifer, between cold shoulders and bell sleeves. I just love those looks. So right now I'm doing uh cold shoulders because it's summer, but I, I just I just love printed tops with cold shoulder because it allows me to feel a little bit flirty and sexy without exposing too much, you know.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of got over the cold shoulder thing. Like for a while that was all I had and then I was like, I really want some shoulders now. <laughs>
1: That's probably why I go back and forth.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love the concept of bell sleeves. Like I think it's such a fun detail, yes. but they have to be really either like shorter, mm-hmm. not even three quarter length, but like, you know, right below the elbow. Otherwise they're just in the way all the time. You know, if you're working on your computer or whatever, they're not super practical for the way that I really live. Like, Bell sleeves and doing dishes are not a thing. That is not a, not a thing. No, no,
1: no. I agree. Three quarter sleeves and then cut on a diagonal. I like the ones that they have like a diagonal where they kind of fall away more. Yeah. But when you when it's time to wash my hands, yeah, I gotta kind of throw my hands up in the air, get them on. Un- it's yeah. like a process. Throw, put, get them it under my armpits and, and then wash.
0: <laughs> this is what we do for fashion. Though. Yes. All right. This is such good stuff, and I I feel like we know you so much better now, but I know my listeners are eager, as am I, to learn how we can afford the wardrobes we want without going into debt, and most importantly, first of all, to hear your story. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? What were the money lessons that you learned or didn't learn growing up, and how did you get into $52,000 of debt?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, um, in my household, you know, I grew up like in a working class household. We were not poor, but always seemed to be broke. And my parents didn't really talk much about money, except that we didn't have much. You know, we had all of our necessities, but, you know, all the extras, the fancy stuff, all the, you know, new gadgets, whatever, at the time... That was like a special item that you may be lucky enough to get occasionally for Christmas, so they didn't really talk about wealth or saving money or things like that. They were more just like in survival mode i guess let's just make sure we can pay the bills um, and then so by the time I got up in college, uh, that's when I got my first credit card, you know, when they would come on campus and give uh, credit cards to the students for like a, a t-shirt or a bag of m ms or something like that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Ruin your life for a bag of M&Ms and a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh-huh. Been there. <laughs>
1: <Right>? <laughs> so th- that's how I, that's how I got my first credit card. And then, you know, I felt like it was, a, it was amazing. I felt like, Hey, I've got money for a change. You know, I can go in a store and buy something. And I did. And before you know it, that little, um, limit they gave me was over. And then I needed another credit card. So it became like kind of a, it gets kind of addicting. You know, you get addicted to having that credit card and being able to just go and shop and buy whatever you want. But then, you know, there's always the pendulum's always going to swing the other way. And then there's the downside when you 30 days later, you get in the bill and then another bill. And it's like, oh, my goodness, I'm in college. Yeah. I can't I don't even work or barely part time. You know, what have I done? I can't afford this. So then you get another credit card to hopefully <laughs> help you manage yeah. with the first two or three that you already had or and a gas card. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I just got really caught up in it. And then there was student loans. So that was how I initially got into debt. And then I thought getting my degree and getting a job would solve all my money problems. Because that's the only thing that I did learn in school was it was important to go to college and get a degree so you can make a lot of money. Okay. So I did that. But then once I did that, it's like, okay, now I have the money now what you know i i didn't I still didn't know anything about emergency funds saving investing or or just being smart with your money, budgeting. I didn't know anything about all of that, so I just pretty much did what everyone else did as soon as I got a job. I was already looking for ways to spend the money you yeah. know it's yeah. like I need a house, I need a new car, I can get some you know new furniture. I can just do all of these things. And so I I had no concept of how to properly handle money. And so I ended up in more debt. And um, yeah, that's how I got started.
0: <laughs> so what was that light bulb moment for you when you were like, I can't do this anymore? I can't live like this. And what did you do to dig yourself out of that?
1: After a few years of being in our house, when my Daughter was small. I started working, like maybe part time, maybe two days a week, because the days that my husband was off, those are the two days that I would work. Because you know, daycare is expensive, and I I couldn't really afford to be a stay-at-home mom because I had too much debt. Yeah. But uh, I didn't work a lot, but uh, my spending didn't really change. I was still living on credit, so it would cause me uh, to. Spend have physiological symptoms. I mean, I was at the point where I was, when I was paying my bills, trying to manage everything, trying to move things around, I could actually not only just, you know, my stomach churning and my heart pounding, but I could actually see my hands trembling every time I'm sitting to work on trying to figure out how to pay things and move money amount. It it was just causing me uh, a lot of distress and physiological symptoms. So, but that wasn't even my aha moment. I just dealt with that for years. The aha moment came when my husband decided it was time for us to get a luxury vehicle. And even though, you know, mm-hmm. I knew I was kind of stressed out, I don't know, you want to try to keep up with what everybody else is doing. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I'm looking at people like, how are they doing it? <laughs> you know, because I feel like I'm yeah. I'm oh, stressing yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it's, I didn't even know this was on our radar, but the next thing I know, he said he was going to get us a luxury car, and I was like, well, okay, if you think we can uh, you know, manage that, and then next thing I know, he's got us down at the Mercedes dealership, and that wasn't even on my radar. I didn't know it was on his, but I did not put up a fight, let me tell you. <laughs> While we were sitting there signing our souls away, I did not put up a fight because I I never had that growing up. Yeah. I, I guess it yeah. just makes you feel like you're you've accomplished something, which looking back now, I know you really haven't. The only thing I accomplished was making the car dealership rich, but and making me poorer. But um, you know, and then about three or four years into it, Um, while we're paying this massive car payment, because I'll I'll tell your listeners, we were paying $850 a month because my husband doesn't do anything small. It's go big or go home. He got the big S-class Mercedes. So while we're paying this $850 car payment plus um, insurance, the water pump broke. And to go to the dealership, it was outrageous. It was upwards of $3,000 to get that repaired. And so he looked around to see if he could find some other better, more affordable uh, repairman. Mm -hmm. And he found a place, but even still that worked on German cars, but even still, it was like, uh, $1,700. And, and, and after that, I was too through. I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is insane. Why am I giving away my money like this? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm already, you know, strapped for cash as it is. Why do I feel that it's important that I drive a vehicle that is draining my paycheck and draining my finances like this? So yeah, that was my aha moment. <laughs> it's like, I'm not doing this anymore.
0: All right. So here you are with a car payment of $850 a month and $52,000 of debt. What did you do? How did you get out of that? Did you start working more, spending less, a combination of the two? What did you do?
1: Oh, absolutely. It was a combination of many things. But uh, one of the things is I I knew uh, as my daughter started to get a little bit bigger, I I had to actually I went back to school because I wanted to get a a higher degree so that I can get a a better job (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and make more money. But this time I had after that mindset shift, when I realized, you know, I'm not going to give my money away like I was doing previously. This time once I got the better job, I began working full time. my income went up significantly at least forty uh, percent, but my expenses stayed low by that time i was I was like okay. I'm, I'm tracking everything I started tracking my money and so I can see where everything is going because. A lot of people have no idea about their cash flow every month. That's why they don't know where their money went because nobody wants to track. It does take a little bit of effort, but you have to. If yeah. you if you want to be able to start to be intentional and 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 tell your money what to do. I didn't even know you could that were, that was a thing. You could tell your money what to do. It was just at the point where I would get paid and my money just started flying out out the window. It's like, I never had a chance to even figure it out where it should be going, but you have to start tracking. So I created a budget and I set a specific amount that I was going to pay every month towards my debt. And I set a time limit and I did that. I started paying, you know, I would pay and then I attacked the smallest bill, the smallest one. Cause I felt like if I can attack the smallest one, that would give me some sort of, motivation uh to see that it is possible and and it did it was a, it was a real boost and then so it's like okay if i can do that let me work on the next one and and it just kind of like snow, snowballed and i before you know it uh i was like looking at hey i think i can be debt free <laughs> <laughs> it's like that had not ever been an idea that even occurred to me. It was just like I was just stressed out by the debt. But it's it got to a point where once I started tracking, budgeting, being intentional, telling my money what to do, I actually saw a path to debt freedom. And every time I'd pay something off, I'd add that to the next. It's kind of like Dave Ramsey's snowball effect pay the smallest off and then, you know, add that to the next without uh, increasing my expenses. So that I even went on a a spending fast where I completely stopped shopping, unsubscribed from all my favorite uh, stores and, and any place that I Mm -hmm. like, I stopped all of that. And I just strictly got really focused on paying down my debt. And then the more I did that, the more my mindset started to to shift even more. And I realized, you know, that stuff really wasn't as important as I thought. You know, I like
0: seeing my money building up in my bank account. I think that's really interesting. I think when you're looking at debt, and you think, oh, I have to cut out all of this stuff, and I'm going to miss all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you cut out this stuff, and you start to see the money. And you go, you know, I think the money feels better than the stuff. Like, it definitely does. <laughs> you feel like you're going to be so deprived and everything is going to be terrible. And you're just going to live this gray, boring life eating nothing but peanut butter sandwiches and water. And what happens is the feeling of of freedom of yes. not having those bills over your head of having things that you like and value means so much more than that quick hit of, you know, the old Navy order or that quick hit of the, you know, Starbucks three times, four times a week. Yes. But I think it's interesting that you say that you started just by tracking. Because when I work with clients, you know, they, we talk about budgets and they have no idea how much to budget for clothing. And I say, well, how much do you spend on clothing? Oh, I don't, I have no idea. We have no idea how much we're really spending on clothes. And for most women, it's like, eh, you know, a $35 order at Old Navy to get free shipping, you know, here or, uh, yes. oh, that sale thing at Macy's there. And it's just collect, collect, collect these little things all along the way. And then Absolutely. you have no idea. You have no idea what you have or what you spent on it. And I think that that is, if anybody's listening and they're like, I don't know what to budget, just go back and look at what you've spent on clothes over the last three months and see, does that feel good to you? Do you feel like you have things to show for it? Or was it just sort of a quick hit. And it's those quick hit things that, that I think women need to watch out for. So I always like to keep the show really positive. But now that you have beat your debt, which is amazing, and you have become a certified life coach and you help women become financially free and financially healthy, what are some of the common mistakes you see women making with money? I
1: think women... Just like I was, we're looking for, you know, especially when you're talking about fashion, we're looking for approval, validation. And we sometimes will spend to keep up Mm -hmm. with what everybody else is doing. I think clothing sometimes makes people feel successful if you look a certain way. And so I think a lot of times spend to give that image that we're successful or to receive that approval and validation uh, and the mistake I think that we make is that we're we're doing it on credit I mean there's nothing wrong with fashion as long as you can budget for it, but you know if you're using credit, then it means that you really can't afford it, and I think that's a big mistake that people make because that's what i as a woman would do. I would think if I have the credit, I can buy this, but really I couldn't afford it. Do you know when you're paying the minimum balance on just a thousand dollars at 18% interest, and most credit cards are way more than 18%, it could take you five years to pay that off when you're just paying the minimum balance and maybe two and a half if you double that. So I mean, like you said, even with the, the shopping, Three months later, you're still paying for something. You don't even remember what you bought. I mean, do you want to be paying for something uh, three, four, five years later that you bought five years ago that
0: you don't even remember what it was? So, yeah. Well, you know, and I think about like the quality these days in clothing is just crap. And you really have to spend a lot to get good, high quality things. So do you really want to be paying for clothes you don't have anymore? Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, that is like the the thought of that kind of makes me sick. So your answer just brought up two questions for me now. I'm going to ask them and then I'll let you answer both of them. But are store cards ever a good idea? Because, you know, when I'm shopping with clients or even when I'm shopping with myself, you're standing at the register and they're like, would you like to save an extra 5% off your purchase to sign up for a credit card? Or maybe it's 15% or even 20%. Are store cards ever a good idea? And then the other question I have is, is there, I know that you work with women in budgets, is there a number or a percentage that you tell women to budget for clothes?
1: So with store cards, I would say it's, it's important to understand a little bit behind your, your, your motives and why you would need that card and, and, and to know yourself a little bit. I mean, if you got this card, are you good with managing credit? Have you been up to that point? You know, I mean, if, it, if you get this card now, is this just going to be another thing that leads you down a debt rabbit hole? Mm. Because now you've got this. I always say no. I don't think, to me, it's not worth it. I've been in debt. My my mindset is different now. I, I do believe that I have developed habits that will allow me to never make those same mistakes that I made previously. But if you're not at that point, I would say no, it wouldn't be a good idea. If you're having trouble with managing money, you don't already don't know what your cash flow situation is, you already have bills that you're paying and you're already in debt, I wouldn't advise it. I always say no. Not even for the the re, the rewards now, maybe if you meant like a target card uh just to get the five percent you shop at Target and or Kroger's, and you get the five percent discount when you buy their uh items a certain day, but like a department store card, uh, if you already have a, a problem managing money and shopping and spending, and like I said, not tracking, I would say no that that would not be a good situ, an ideal situation.
0: You know, that's a really good point. Like saving 5%, 10% for an 18 or 20% interest rate, like the math doesn't work out on that. You know, like, thanks for saving the 20%, but, uh, but I will say like cards like Nordstrom. Now, if you are, if you're good about paying off your credit card, if it comes and you pay it immediately and you're done, You get the points, you get the free alterations, you get, you know, invitations to their sales. I think that is a different thing than I can't afford these things at Nordstrom that I want. So I'm going to have a credit card so I can have them.
1: Well, I will tell you, if you love Nordstrom, the thing is, it's not about giving up so much. Um, It's about just finding out what you truly value. If you love Nordstrom, if that's your favorite store and that's what makes you happy, you know, then I would say, yes, you can get that. Just keep in mind that when you spend in one place, you're taking away from something else. You need to find out what things you don't value, what things you can cut. If Nordstrom's is what I love and, you know, Starbucks, I'm uh, so-so or, you know, I don't really care about so much about having a, a, a fancy car, then I'd rather spend my money at Nordstrom than go there. That way you're not feeling deprived. You're getting things that you want, but you got to realize what it is that you can live
0: without. I love that. It reminds me of a life principle. Actually, this was one of my, I don't know, a hundred ventures to Weight Watchers. And the leader said, you can have anything you want. You can't have everything you want. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I thought about that over the years, you know, and- you can have anything you want. You can figure out a way to get what you want, but you can't have everything. That's an that's an interesting thing that I'm really struggling with, my especially with my tween. Um, she's she's 12 and money for her just kind of is from this um nebulous money tree that apparently we have in our backyard. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> You know, the other day she she wanted a swimsuit and it was like a hundred and twenty dollars and I was like, wow! But I don't have a hundred and twenty dollars swimsuit and I have a job. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> right? And she's such a good kid, yes. but she sees her friends with all of these mm-hmm. things and. You know why don't I have the iPhone 11? Mainly because you're 12 and you don't have a job. That's why you don't have the iPhone 11. You know whatever it is, it's um, it's it's a thing. But so I want to talk about kids and teaching good financial habits in a minute. But is there a number? I want to get back to the budget thing. Is there a percentage of your income that should go to close or can go to close or does it really depend on you know what it is you value? How would you tell a woman who? says, what should I budget for my wardrobe? Where would you tell her to start?
1: Well, I would say start first, like you said, with tracking. How much are you spending on your wardrobe? So track what you're spending. Then, and you always have to take care of your, what they call like the four walls first. Your shelter, food, utilities, and transportation. Those are your necessities. Make sure that in your, when you, Calculate When you're calculating your, your expenses every month, you start with your necessities, pay yourself first. Are you paying yourself anything? Um, a, a, a great place to start with anything you can, but ideally you want to be trying to get to the point where you're saving at least 20% of your income. But, you know, it might take people when you're in debt or you're already behind a little time to get to that point. But start with even five dollars a a pay period. But just make sure you're paying yourself first. You're taking care of those four necessities. And then what what do you have left over? That's how you can determine what you can budget for. I, I mean, I could give like a, you know, 20 50-30 sort of ratio, you know, the 20% for savings, 50% mm-hmm. on, on your necessities, and then uh, 30% on debt and discretionary things. But you know, it's really, it's really more about looking at what you have coming in and going out. You you've taken care of all the basics and you're paying yourself first, because it's you always want to be thinking about the future. Remember yourself five years from now, are you gonna be happy that you bought that? item? Hmm. If you're looking at your five years from now, are you talking to yourself and you're looking back at your five year younger self? And are you going to say, yeah, I'm really happy that I spent $120 on a swimsuit, you know, but we don't want you to be deprived. You can have it. Just make sure you take care of the necessities first. And then what do you have left over or that you can budget for this thing that you want? and then cut the things that you don't want that or that are less important that's where that's where a, a lot of people get hung up you know we want everything we don't want to sacrifice anything we just need to determine what matters the most what is most important to me this is what i like taking vacations with my family so i don't mind spending $5000 on a vacation but i do care mm-hmm. after my whole experience about driving a luxury car. That doesn't matter to me. I don't want to give my money away for that. And, you know, and I'll be saving a lot more anyway, but I I want to pay for the thing that I enjoy that brings me happiness. I'm going to look back five years and I'm still going to be happy we went on that vacation. So, you know, I can't really give an actual percentage. I say, you know, just make sure you're taking care of the the main things, the necessities, and paying yourself first, and then looking at what you have left over to determine how much of that you can spend towards your your shopping.
0: I like that, though, really thinking about what it is you value, and then sort of figuring it out from there. You know, if you're not, I'm not a person who values luxury cars either. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. listen, point A to point B, if it's safe, if yes. it's, you know, not like embarrassingly <laughs> It up. Right, like I don't, I don't care. It would be nice, but I would rather have. I'm a big person on experiences, mm-hmm. you know. I, I tell my kids that experiences are the only, it's the only thing you can spend money on that actually makes you richer. Yes, I took my daughter, my older one, to New York last year, the two of us, and um, we saw a Broadway show. We stayed in an amazing hotel, and you know, when I was spending the money, I was like, oh, that's gosh, that's a lot of money, mm-hmm. but we talk about that all the time. And she yes. had this amazing experience and she's, you know, more well-read, well-traveled, more educated for having gone. And so I don't regret that money at all, you know, and some of the, I I have bought stupid things. I have absolutely bought stupid things and yes. I do regret those purchases. I really do. And I think it yeah. really is about figuring out what do you value? What, what is it that you want out of life? And I do, I value clothes. Obviously I wouldn't do what I do unless I did. Mm-hmm. So that is something that has to go in my, in a bigger budget bucket, so to speak, because I I like nice clothes. It matters to me. I think it really speaks to how you feel when you yes. like the way you look. So mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want anyone walking away from this, like I should never spend another dollar on clothes. No, no. if you can't get dressed and that makes you feel bad, that is not the right answer here. But no. I will always yeah. go back to, don't go in debt for clothing. Don't go in debt for clothing. That is crazy to me. So one thing I see women fall into the trap of, and I see it with clothes, but I think it could be with anything is that they need something right now. Like they need clothes right now. So they, they don't have a big budget. So they buy inexpensive things that will need to be replaced. And then they can't seem to get out of that cycle. How do we stop doing that? Whether it is, you know, buying good furniture or buying, you know, better jeans or buying a better car, whatever it is, how do we get out of the cycle of I need something right now so I buy something less expensive and then I can never save for the thing I want? How do we get out of that?
1: You can get out of that cycle. I've gotten out of that cycle. I've been there myself. It, It all starts with being intentional about your money see that's why tracking is so important and that's why making cuts in the things and and understanding what you value that's why that's so important that's the key mindset is the key to solving most of your money problems i would say for sure because you really have to understand you don't have to just be stuck but when you're thinking of your expenses Look at where can I make cuts? Like I said before, things that don't matter the most. What can I cut? Yeah, we we have to make some temporary sacrifices. Like I said, I had to do a spending fast for a while just so that I can make sure that I was reaching my goal of paying off my debt. But you don't have to get stuck in that endless loop of buying inexpensive. Buy it now because it's saving you money now. But then you're also learning to become more intentional. You're tracking your expenses. So you know where things are going. You're telling your money where to go. I'm designating this money to pay this bill. I'm designating this money to pay that bill versus just letting it go wherever it goes. And then as you're keeping track, that's when you can start to see where the spending leaks are. And it's like, oh my God, I I didn't realize I was even spending a hundred dollars a month on coffee or dinner or lunch or whatever, you know. And so, when you start to see those things, you can make those cuts, and that will start adding money. You're you're creating more cash flow for yourself. So, and as you do that, you'll start to notice money is adding up in your budget, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, now I can set aside hundred dollars a month. To make sure that I buy the quality pieces that I want, you know, and then you have this designated amount and you stick with that so that you don't go in debt. You can have the wardrobe you want, but you don't have to go in debt to do it. You stick with this designated amount because you've cut all the fluff, all the unnecessary stuff that didn't matter. So now you have that money and you can put that towards the more expensive pieces that will last you for a longer time. I've been there. I've done it. And then you don't feel deprived, like I said, because your mindset starts to change. You start to realize what is important, what's not important. I never felt like I was missing out on anything, even when I wasn't spending, because like I said, I saw the money building up. It made me happier. And now I can buy whatever I want. And I choose not to buy things. I look at it and I'm like, do I really want that? How is, how happy is that going to make me? You know, is that even important? You know, just decide what is important and you can get yourself out of that loop by tracking, setting a budget and being intentional.
0: Love that. I love the idea of a spending fast as well. And I I recommend this to women a lot when it comes to clothes. If you're in that cycle where you don't even know how much you're spending on clothes, you'd have no idea like what your budget is. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. say just don't buy clothes for three months. Yes. You know, buy whatever you need, buy a couple of things to get you through the current season that you're in and then don't buy clothes for three months and then see what your bank account looks like. I mean, just even start there or, you know, go back if you really want to face it. If you want to get real with yourself, go back through your credit card, your debit card, your bank statements and look at, you know, add up the old Navy, the loft, the Nordstrom, the Macy's, Mm -hmm. add them all up and see what you spent. And you know, does that feel good to you? But I do think that like temporary spending fast is a really good way to start to build that intentionality. Just like, yes, like you said, the leaks stop the leaks. So I wanted to go back. I wanted to talk about my daughter for a minute. Um, First of all, I want to say she's like the best kid ever. And I think that not understanding the value of money is a tween mm-hmm. thing. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of kids, they have no idea. They have no idea. I was not taught great money habits either growing up. You know, I wouldn't say we were wealthy, but we, we never struggled. But we were also not taught great habits. And mm-hmm. therefore, I didn't grow up with great habits and I didn't have them earlier in my life. As parents, what are one or two things that are so important to teach your kids? Definitely,
1: I would say start with just letting them understand The concept of money. I mean, I remember I did this one interview with the lady and she said she was asking her mother for uh, some item when she was maybe, you know, a tween or eight or nine. And the mother told her, well, you don't know the value of a dollar. And her response was she was right. Her mother was right. She said, I didn't know the value of a dollar. Nobody ever told me the value of a dollar. So, you know, she had no concept. Start with like, maybe giving them a little budget where it's like, okay, let's let's do an example. We have, um, say we have the light bill that's uh, $100 and the gas bill that's $50, but we only have $200 coming in. So you see how we have to pay $100 for the light bill, $50 for the gas bill? Now that only leaves us with $50. What's more important? Now we need food. You know, just maybe just... Showing them those kind of little money concepts so they can start to understand how money works. And you have to go to a job. You have to do something to earn money. Like you say, it doesn't just come off the the nebulous tree in the backyard. You have to <laughs> actually, you know, it has to come from yeah. somewhere. And then this is how much you get. And then you have to decide how you want to spend this and where we're going to send this. Are we going to send this here? We're going to send this there. If we send it for the swimsuit, then, you know, we might not be able to, you know, get enough groceries this month. But, you know, you can always save up for if she wants this swimsuit or your child wants something important. You know, I always tell my son, okay, I'll put that on the list for, you know, the next holiday, you know, your birthday or Christmas, something like that. There should be a reward. It shouldn't just be that yeah. you can get anything you want anytime you want.
0: Yeah without a doubt. So my daughters, I have green light cards for them. Do you know about green light? No, I don't think I've heard of that. It's a debit card for kids and Mm -hmm. it's tied to parents account, but you know, it's not like they can just drain my bank account wherever, you know, they Mm -hmm. go, but it acts like a debit card. They can use it online. They can use it wherever, but like their allowance goes in there. You know, if they've done extra chores, they get money from grandma, whatever it goes into their green light account. And I have a rule that I buy necessities. I don't think my 12 year old should have to buy her own clothes, you know, I buy that kind of stuff but of course. it's funny because when we say okay well that comes out of your green light a lot of times they do like oh, well I don't need it that much you know and they start to realize that when right. it's their money you have to you have to make decisions <laughs> you know it's absolutely so I absolutely would, I would encourage parents to check out green light we've had a great experience with it um I'll link to it in the show notes everyone can check out green light cards and as my daughter is getting more independent you know, before coronavirus, she would go skiing with her friends or whatever. She would have her card. She could pay for things Mm -hmm. on her own. And uh, I I think it's a great way to teach kids about spending their own money, spending their own money. And, you know, if you Mm -hmm. want that video game or whatever, great, go for it. But that comes out of your money. That comes out of your account. Is that really what you need? We haven't introduced the concept of taxes yet. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) That's a rude awakening. I'm going to give them a few years before we do that one. All right. I've got one final question for you because I don't want to overwhelm our listeners. I like to ask my guests what they would like our listeners to take away from our conversation. Are there one or two things that you really want our style sisters listening out there to walk away with? Yes.
1: I would say number one is know why you want to spend on a certain thing. Just kind of understanding what's the reason because spending is emotional. You know, we don't want to get caught up in the emotion. Are we trying to do that to impress somebody or to maybe look a certain way that is maybe above what we can actually afford. I just I just just understand your why and if it's important to you, then then budget for it. I think that's the most important thing. You know, once you understand your why, you can get what you want. Just be willing to make the trade off. You know, it's like I'm, I'm going to not get this other thing so that I can get this thing, you know, instead of like we said, instead of trying to have everything. So I, I think knowing why and just just being really intentional with I want this and I'm going to go for that, but I, I will make cuts over here because this is not as important to me.
0: I absolutely love that. I love, I think being intentional in anything is really important. And I think that being intentional with money is something that we could probably all do a little bit it. better at. I know there are a lot of listeners out there who are super good at it. And I know there are some of you out there who are not. So I'm going to challenge everybody to 30 days of money intentionality. So when this comes out, this is July 30th, I believe, let's all be really intentional with our money in August. I'm actually going to put together a a little challenge in our all-access group for that because I think that that is so important. Okay, so tell us where our listeners can find you.
1: Okay, well, yes, I'm a personal finance blogger over at the website extravagantlybroke.com. So you can definitely find me there. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, both at at DeShina Woodard. I'm on Pinterest, Extravagantly Broke. I'm on Facebook at Extravagantly Broke. And on Twitter, I think I'm on Extra Extra Broke. I couldn't get the handle I wanted. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm Extra Extra Broke there. <laughs> extra
0: Extra Broke. I love it. We'll make sure we have all of those links in our show notes. I know you'll want to connect with Deshina um, and get your money affairs in order. Um, you also have a download or a freebie for our listeners, right?
1: Oh, sure, absolutely. As I was saying that it took a total mindset shift for me to start to realize how I wanted to be more intentional with my money. So I created a destroy debt ebook that's a freebie that goes through the five mindset secrets that helped me get on my path to debt freedom. And I would be happy for your listeners to have that. They can get it on my website, extravagantlybroke.com. It's a a pop-up. They sign up for that and they can get it.
0: Awesome. We will put that on our website as well. Um, So to connect with Dashina, head over to her website at extravagantlybroke.com. Grab the link from our website. We'll have all of her social stuff, the link to the freebie, all of that good stuff. If you are a VIP member in our all-access group, we've got a extra special bonus for you as well. You are going to get to budget, like a pro guide, which is the exact process that she takes her clients through to creating a budget. Normally this is only available to her coaching clients, but we are going to put it in your dashboard. So go ahead and check that. And then in August, I just signed up to challenge all of us to be intentional with our money. So come and uh, make sure that you are participating in that in the group. Deshina, thank you so much for your time and your great information. This was amazing. I know our listeners are um, excited to get their finances in better shape. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Oh, you're more than welcome, Jennifer. And I'm happy to be here.
0: All right. That is it, everybody. We will see you next time. Until then, stay stylish.